0: My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 114 of The Kate Show. Okay guys, like most of you, I'll be honest, I'm emotionally and mentally exhausted from hearing and reading and seeing and saying the words COVID-19, or coronavirus, or pandemic. Now I do have a deep empathy for anyone who's been affected, whether personally or through your business. And before I discuss how to move forward during and after this pause... I have to give a huge shout out to my followers and my vault members who have remained steady and committed to their business marketing during this time. Nearly everyone who's been in contact with me through email or social regarding how COVID-19 has impacted them has done so with a resilient spirit, relentless positivity, and fearless faith. And I am so, so proud of you guys. Instead of throwing in the towel or shutting down all operations, Most of you took the past few weeks as an opportunity to improve your internal business processes or get more organized or set up sales funnels, schedule out social media or map out your marketing through email, all so you could serve your clients at full capacity once the light turned green again. This situation, it was alarming on many fronts, and we're now beginning to pick up the pieces and restart our economy here in the U.S. and move forward. If you're living in a country that is still in the midst of the madness, take heart. There is an end to it. There is hope, and God has not forgotten you. In today's episode of The Kate Show, I'm sharing my best tips on how to regroup, regenerate, and how to make your business even more resilient to unexpected situations. So let's get started. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas, and I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. I'm hoping that you never actually stopped or paused your business over the past month. I'm hoping that you used this time to work on your business if you couldn't work in your business. As the owner of your interior design, home staging, or window treatment biz, you should be spending a consistent and regular chunk of time working on your business each week anyway. But that said, as you prepare to begin serving clients again, there is a little strategic to-do list, or to-don't list, that I want you to run through. Let's start with, number one, stay in touch with your clients in the weeks or days leading up to the restart of their project. The glorious day that you set foot on the job site again, you'll want to hit the ground running rather than spending that first day playing catch-up. Number two, do bring each client through your new or improved onboarding process. You know, the one you mapped out during the quarantine. If you were halfway through a project before it all hit the fan, you can still bring those clients through your new process to get them and you up to speed. Number three, don't plan to discuss how bad the virus was with each client that you have. At this point, we've all heard it all. Every conspiracy, every perspective, everything. Trust me. Instead, move directly into the next steps of their project. Why? Well, because nothing sounds more encouraging than the sound of progress. Number four, do maintain the marketing schedule that you set forth during the pause. Consistency is crucial to a successful strategy. Don't let yourself fall back on the common excuse of, well, I was too busy to market my business. If you need to outsource some marketing to keep your strategy going, do it. Since you've likely used the pause as a time to set goals and map out a plan to reach them, you know exactly what you could and should be handing off to other people or subcontracted businesses. So that being said, once you have done those things or not done the things you're not supposed to do, you're probably looking to the future. Like, how do you disaster-proof your business going forward? Of course, we all hope that this pandemic thing never happens again, but something else might. I mean, we live in an imperfect world, so we have to understand that not everything is going to be sunshine and roses. As humans, we can't predict how the economy will change or how it will affect our businesses. However, we can and should use certain business practices to make our businesses more flexible and resilient when those unexpected times hit. During the pause, you likely saw many of your colleagues start offering online services, from consultations to virtual design, and you might have been scrambling to offer them yourself. Whether you were doing this or wishing that you could, now is the time to tidy up those offerings or actually start offering them, quote-unquote, for real. You've already heard my episode about how to set up and sell online packages, so don't worry, this is not a repeat of that information. Instead, I'm going to share with you a few ways that you can up-level. Your virtual service offerings. So here we go. Make sure that you use automated scheduling, delivery, and organizational tools as much as possible. You can use Calendly or Acuity for scheduling your in-person or virtual appointments. You can use Zoom or FaceTime if you prefer to have online meetings. You can also use a client or project management software. Popular one would be MyDoma Studio. You can really make your virtual offerings an integral part of your business without significantly increasing your workload or your overhead, which is kind of genius if you think about it, regardless of the economy. You'll also need to make sure that you create a marketing plan specific to your virtual offerings. This might look similar to how you market your traditional offline services, but the positioning will most definitely be different. The imagery you use, for example, should illustrate the end result your ideal virtual client wants to see. Your packages should address and solve the pain points specific to those virtual clients. Your verbiage surrounding all facets of marketing and describing those packages should be specific to that unique ideal client. A virtual client is going to have different pain points and need different solutions than a traditional in-person client. Now, this isn't rocket science, and nor is it a new marketing concept. However, If you threw together your virtual offerings in a hurry or in a panic during the early stages of the pause, you might have left out a few things or you might look back now and realize you could do a better, more professional job of laying things out, of setting it up, or of describing the benefits. Speaking of benefits, this is a big thing that people tend not to do when they're selling online packages. So make sure that you expand those benefits into a sales page that is dedicated to that specific virtual service or set of services, and consider implementing a lead magnet that directly correlates. So a lead magnet or a branded magazine specific to your virtual offerings. Your goal could be to serve your ideal client nationally and abroad or however you want to do it, and this could prevent you from becoming financially landlocked if your immediate geographic area. Experiences a recession or some other uncontrollable circumstance like a hurricane, a tornado, you know, those things that none of us can control. Now, we're gonna take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to be sharing some money related tips with you, but I have to give a quick disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor, a CPA, or a business coach. I am not suggesting that you blindly follow my suggestions. I want you to review them and make the best decision for your business. I'm just sharing what's worked well for my business and what's worked well for my personal life. So take it all with a grain of salt and stay tuned. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high-quality marketing, and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. All right, let's talk about money and finances and business super quick. If you are trying to make your business a little bit more resilient, a little more disaster-proof, I do have a few suggestions. One of them is set up and fund a business savings account which may sound like common sense, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do this. So if you don't already have a business savings account, you need to get it set up yet this month. Even if you contribute just like a hundred bucks a month to it, you'll have that much more money available should you ever need it. Now in my own business, I use my savings account regularly to save for quarterly taxes. Yay, fun stuff, right? If you work with a business coach such as my favorite, Michelle Williams of Scarlet Thread Consulting, Uh, Your business coach will guide you regarding the best financial planning strategy for your business type and your life situation, because this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. The other thing I would suggest you do is get a financial advisor who can manage and advise on both your business and your personal assets. Someone who can oversee both is going to have a really great big picture view of what is going on, where you're headed, and how to alter that path if it needs to be altered. Now, my husband, who is co-owner of Socialite, he and I are huge proponents of using self-employment 401ks, which are also called SEPs, or S-E-P. We have also used and continue to use IRAs, money market accounts, and other interest earning strategies. We've worked closely with a financial advisor for several years, and that advisor works in tandem with our CPA to ensure that everything from tax planning to retirement planning is on par with our goals and the economy. Now, part of your financial plan might include having money that can be accessed during odd or unexpected situations, and some money might be less accessible because it's more of an investment for the future. Like, far out future. And while potentially an overused phrase by now, I firmly believe that the best defense is a good offense. And while I'm listing cliches, let me also say that we should plan for the worst and hope for the best. (laughs) Okay, that's what I'm getting at with the savings accounts and a financial advisor and a business coach. Because seriously, there is something reassuring about having a disaster plan. And even more seriously, however, is the vital truth that even our most carefully laid plans, they're sometimes not enough. So we should try. We should try to plan for the future. We should have positive expectations. But if things still go wrong, and we realize that our preparedness plan was not exactly perfect, that's when we have to ask ourselves the question that I had to ask myself repeatedly when the pandemic started, and that was, where do I put my faith? You weren't expecting that, were you? From finances to faith, that fast. The thing is, they are so intrinsically connected, and I bet you felt that during the pause, especially during the beginning. If the wrong news headlines send me and you into a pit of anxiety, but the right headlines lift our spirits and give us peace, that's a good indicator that we're actually just putting our faith in the news and in the media. That's probably not a good thing, right? Because that always changes. Or how about this? If someone is saying they have a cure or a treatment or a vaccine for the ailment plaguing the nations, whether it's this pandemic or something else, if that brings us peace, you know, the promise of some sort of cure, does that mean we're putting our faith in the FDA or whatever entity does that in your country? The thing is, those entities, they're not foolproof, and they don't automatically or always have the best interest or best solution for everyone at heart. They're fallible, just like the rest of us. Now, if our peace comes from a successful business or a stable business, don't you think also that your levels of peace are going to fluctuate drastically? I mean, businesses flex, stretch, adapt, and change monthly due to many factors, And that really makes it a bad place to try to build our peace. You know, it's like trying to build a house on a foundation made out of jello. It just doesn't work. And it really contributes to the emotional, mental, and even spiritual roller coaster that many of us found ourselves on during the pandemic. Now, if my peace, that overwhelming and beyond understanding peace, comes from the promises that God made to me, my faith is exactly where it should be. Because here's the thing. God doesn't change. He's not like a wiggly jiggly foundation of jello. God has promised to supply every need, and he has established a wonderful, joy-filled transition from the first phase of our life on earth to the eternal one with him, which means that no matter what happens, we actually, as believers, have so much to look forward to. Now, many of you know that I'm a follower of God. If you didn't know that before this episode, ta-da, you do now. (laughs) My faith In God has been strengthened so many times over and over through the pandemic and the events that led up to that time in my personal life. And someday soon, I really hope I can share the long, insane story that has been me and my husband's life over the past two years. I can't share it in detail yet, but when I do, I know you'll see a perfect example of God's unfailing protection and provision. We are not promised an easy life, especially if we follow God, but we are promised something much better than that. So there is a thought that I want to leave you with. And regardless of what you believe, I hope that you ponder this. I hope that you take it to heart. And here's what it is. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that is from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Basically, it just says, literally, don't be worried. No matter what is happening around you, thank God for the things you do have and then tell him what you need and he is going to give you peace that is so overwhelming and so strong it won't even make sense for your situation. You could be in the worst situation of your entire life and yet you don't feel panic. You may not even feel slightly worried. You just feel at peace and that is an incredible gift that honestly really does exceed all understanding. As you unpause your business from this global virus, I hope that you emerge with a strong strategy going forward to serve your clients, a plan to streamline your processes, and a strength through all of your relationships that has led to sensible, straightforward marketing. Because again, marketing is a relationship. Those things aside, my greatest prayer for you, all of you listening to this podcast, is that your faith will grow or continue to grow and that you will experience the peace that transcends all understanding. All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. And I want you to know that I am praying for you and the success of your business as we set foot on the other side of this pandemic. Thanks for listening. Visit us at the thekateshowpodcast.com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.